Welcome to the Conscious Marketing Podcast, where marketers come to channel their inner superhero and unlock their superpowers. On today's episode, we'll set the stage for every conversation we'll talk about on this podcast. We dive into the question, what is conscious marketing? Find ourselves integrating our astral travels with our earthly experiences. This is the Conscious Marketing Podcast, and to give you a little bit of an idea of who I am, I have spent, gosh, 17 years in corporate marketing. I've spent, um, I'm sorry, it's 12 years in corporate marketing, five years as an agency executive, and ultimately ended up having this kind of awakening experience in my life, which I'm sure we'll get into some conversation around, and it, it really caused me to come into a point where I felt like I was in conflict with my career and what I did as a marketer and what I had learned about myself on this personal exploration journey of expanding and opening consciousness and ultimately finding spirituality. And now I'm very excited to reconcile that. I feel like I've reconciled that for myself and open myself to unconditional love for marketing again and being able to have a new appreciation for how I believe we can use marketing to help change the world. Awesome. Well, that's wonderful. And obviously we're going to be taking a journey uh, in explaining and expanding what conscious marketing is and what it means for people. And I'll talk a little bit about myself. Um, I'm Todd social um, and especially conscious marketing is important to me because I spent tons of years doing corporate marketing or corporate social um, for a lot of top brands and understanding, you know, the difference between building a real pathway to success, which is to me, your, your energy to building a pathway to success for an entity. Cause obviously the, the, the life is all about capitalism and money driven and that's great. But what I've learned in the millions and millions of dollars I've generated and millions and millions of ads I've produced, that at the end of the day, it's really about how each individual feels, how passionate they are in their purpose, how they find their center. And, you know, my whole goal in life now uh, is just to help people find, you know, their resource or to redevelop their resource. And I really feel like we have to be more passionate about our purpose and serving that purpose. So essentially people can get, you know, where they're going versus kind of being stuck in the muck, you know, so to speak. You know, think about all the marketers that work for all the top brands and essentially they feel like they're just checking in and checking out of life. You know, they're, they're, they're working towards their, their vacations and, and then they're working towards their, their paid time off versus working with a purpose, working to help others and deliver a valuable message. So essentially that's why I'm here and I'm basically here to kind of help and support a wonderful person who I believe is an energy, energy, magnanimous person who will be passionate in everything she does and will touch and heal people. Thank you so much. It's You pretty much like summarized why this also became a bit of a juxtaposition for myself because, you know, my career was built on, the, on establishing and measuring return on investment, which is literally I took what was creative and beautiful and used to be seen as kind of brand advertising that was fun and really designed to help people feel good. And I measured it down to return on investment, which made it a very scientific approach to understanding your customers, but ultimately truly only valuing the customer interaction interactions that led to a sale. And I created this model and this, you know, view of social media, which was very much a community infrastructure, and I overlaid business objectives on top of it. And there is, I believe in measurement, and I believe in measurement for efficiency and effectiveness. And I also believe in the power of, of getting beyond the money equation where we actually start to look at is our marketing making an indelible impact on the world? Is it leaving a positive trace on this planet 
And as a marketer, and as I was looking at the work that I had been engaged in, sometimes that answer was yes, and sometimes that answer was no. And it, I really started to evaluate not only how I, re, how I viewed the industry, but how I viewed our potential as a group of human beings who truly, we are the message in the media outlets. We set the tone for what happens in the news. We set the tone for what happens and what's talked about at the Super Bowl. We set the tone for what happens and is talked about in every TV show. We are integrated into these conversations, and I'm simply offering that we could use that platform for good. Wow, that, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's pretty deep. And I'm in 100% in agreement with you. Totally, sister. I, I could tell you that. So there's probably some questions um, I want to ask you that I think that you can answer for all of us. Um, I'll just start with the first one. Um, in terms of what you would describe it, what exactly conscious marketing is, how about you dive a little bit deeper into that so people can kind of, you know, uh, understand what you really mean by that? Yeah, and I, I took some notes on this because it's one that it's important for us to define what that looks like for us as a group. I would offer as a starting point that it would include marketing with purity of intention, meaning that the marketing you're putting together, your intention is to attract the right customer for you. And that, that your intention is to then service that customer in a way that is going to support them in some way, right? So there's this symbiotic relationship between customer and, and company. And that, that, that means that we might need to do things like change the way we refer to customers in the organization. And rather than counting them as numbers, actually start to look at the names of our customers, actually bringing the humanity back into our conversations about that. They would also have integrity. So when you look at their marketing, I would expect to not see flowery language that doesn't actually mean anything, you know, where it's clearly just a total BS statement that has no value whatsoever to the conversation. Um, I would expect that they wouldn't do things like brand normal features as if they're something unique when it's a feature that's commonly available, where they're trying to create this differentiating that's completely false. I would expect that they would produce sustainability. You know, these are companies that I wouldn't expect to be sending direct mail out and, and knowing that a 1% response rate is the best that they can get and not looking at the impact that that has on our, our planet. I would expect that they, their company would be tangibly giving back in the community and making an indelible positive mark on the place where they, their employees live, work, and play. And ultimately, you know, um, the video that's playing in the background is from the Burning Man community. And I would hold this community up as an example that I personally have experienced of where there are no brands. <laughs> you know, their brands are not, commercialism is not supported. And this group comes together once a year, 70,000 people. And they come together and they leave their corporate jobs and they build an entire town, have a party for a week, learn and expand their beings, their souls, and then basically tear the whole thing down and or burn it in celebration, leaving no trace behind. And when it comes to the, the level of influence and resource alignment that corporations have, I feel like it's time for us to hold companies to a higher standard where they are leaving a positive trace on this planet, on their employees, on their customers, on their prospects, and on every area that they touch. And I think we sometimes lose sight of that in the sake of a big brand who spends a lot of money. And I would give examples such as Coca-Cola, Pepsi, McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, and all of these brands that we know are not 
providing us with things to put in our bodies that optimize our experience, that we know detract from our human experience. And we continue to hold these brands up as if they are, it's successful to work with them. There's something to achieve and attain and rather not holding accountable to the actual impact on our generation, on the next generation, on prior generations, and on future generations. And, and that is, I know that's, a, that's a, a lengthy description, but I think it's one that is open for conversation. I have, I would say, I would like it to be a pretty high standard that we hold companies to in the future. And you know what, that's interesting that you bring that up because I was going to kind of let us talk a little bit about personal stories, but it made me think about uh, what you talk about as far as unconscious marketing. So how about you uh, explain or expand on what unconscious marketing looks like? Yeah, so um, there was, I just, uh, I participate in the Bean Cast with Bob Norp, and if you don't listen to that podcast, it's one of my favorites, and they always do this thing called um, the ad fails of the week. They do five ad fails of the week, and so I'm going to be recording with them next week and saw in their last episode, and the ad fail was um, that the Dove, a soap company, had uh -huh. essentially done this ad where they had an African-American woman remove a brown shirt and become a white woman as if their soap had cleaned the African-American out of the woman, and I just, I mean, Todd, <laughs> the things that sometimes, you know, I just like, it's hard for me to, to be a white woman. <laughs> from a person and suggesting that you your soap purifies them into this Aryan race person like I mean it is beyond insensitive it is um, beyond you know the the level of the lack of view of mm -hmm. humanity that mm -hmm. would be required for that to go missed mm -hmm. reflection it is a reflection of big brand marketing. Yes, and of conversation within these organizations, and also likely the level of depth of culture within their organization. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, I, and that's and and that's part of the problem is that as we have a lot of brands that have been around for a long time, I don't think that they always understand that that plays a big role. Like they're like they're almost in a bubble, I guess, in a sense where they're talking to each other instead of talking to, you know, their customers or talking to potential clients and actually really truly understanding that. And that that's a glaring example, but I definitely can say that's not the only example for sure. I'd like to say it's an isolated example, you know, but I have to be honest, I. This isn't what I've experienced. That I mean, I in I, I remember being in meetings and having to have conversations about, you know, the lack of diversity available in photography, and having to hire and create our own photography because there simply wasn't stock photography available with more than one or two races in a photo, or it would be so slanted Asian or so slanted, you know, African American or Indian. It would pick a culture. And it, it was a legitimate concern that these photos weren't readily available. And I'll tell you, in these, in these meetings, it's not that these are racist people sitting around a table saying, let's, like, diss the black person. That's not – I truly yeah. do not believe that that's the case. I believe that this is a case of having essentially groupthink of one – group of people who have been 
programmed to think within a company culture, whatever that is, to the point where they are not looking up and asking questions like, what about this ad might offend someone? And just asking the question, is there something in this ad that could offend one of our customers? And when you look at that and you think about an African American woman watching that ad, you have to see that there's some level of discomfort. I'm honestly shocked that they were able to hire an African American woman to do the ad. <laughs> you know, that on the same, at the same time is like there's so many people here who could have stood up and said, I'm not okay with this. And that's why I'm honestly here having this conversation is because I think there were probably people who wanted to say something and felt powerless to do it in the face of the adversity that they might face either in their office, in their life, in order to be able to pay their basic needs and or their career where they didn't feel like they could say something. And I'd love to offer a platform where we hold companies accountable so that people feel the courage to stand up for something that they're not alone. There are other marketers out there who are asking these questions and holding themselves to a higher standard of integrity and and forward thinking in this profession. So that that's that is super powerful because it, it's meaningful and, and in a marketing pool that sometimes is meaningless because we our mindset is so is so set on the bottom line and so set on what appeases the, the executives of the company or pleases them that sometimes we forget that we still have to accentuate living life and living life is about understanding how to love each other for who we are. And, and, and it leads me to a interesting question to ask you um, that I'm pretty sure you can speak fluently on um, and really educate people. Um, what does unethical marketing look like? Yeah. So I, this is a, a thing that came up because as I was looking at, you know, what I would consider to be unconscious marketing, which is essentially just saying that there wasn't an active decision being made, right? It was something that was just kind of not seen versus unethical marketing where there is a, a group who is truly being hurt by the actions and again, I was like um, so thankful for Bob's list this week because there was a perfect example of this where the financial firm, it was an ad week, behind the Fearless Girl statue in New York has been ordered to pay $5 million for allegedly underpaying women and minorities. So to put this into context, this is a group who invested in a statue of a young girl on a major street corner in New York who is in this fearless stance of showing women's empowerment at its best uh -huh. and on the back end that the women who were being paid at that time, the executives, and this is where I believe likely the highest percentage of disparity of income is likely found at the executive level for women. And to find out that they're female executives, all the way down the line, I believe, were all being paid less than their white male counterparts. And they're, they're actively doing this campaign to empower women. The energy of that, from an ethical standpoint, is, is damaging. You know, it's, it's putting negative energy into something that people are having faith and trust in. There's some accountability for that, that as marketers, when we're putting out something to inspire someone, let's do it cleanly. <laughs> let's do it in a way where there's no dirty hands touching this. Because if, if you were a female working in that company at that time, those men, there, there are people in HR who know these salaries. They know, know the demographics of their employees. And there are people turning a blind eye to this. And at the highest level of that organization, there should be some accountability for knowledge of this. And I think this article shows that in this case that happened. But I can tell you in countless organizations where companies are using things like 
you know, it's unprofessional to talk about your salary as a group and yeah. that it's, uh, if you disclose your salary, you can be fired. I even had a company that told me if I disclosed my salary to another employee, I would be fired. You know, those kinds of business practices are there to hide and protect the employer who is doing something that is likely unethical. And uh -huh. at a minimum, would, I would consider unconscious, but I would say that transparency of salary should be the standard in an organization. There should be no reason to hide salaries in an organization unless you have something to hide, which is where we get into the whole one percenter conversation of why there hasn't been transparency in the past. And again, I think that as women, as executives, as uh, minorities like we we are this workforce that is not saying something to be honest like it is our responsibility to stand up and say something and so again I think this is another area where when it's unethical you know we have a right to stand up and there are laws that protect us in standing up and when something is being well it's Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> the teleporter has arrived. <laughs> you know what that it really is, is it's, it's time for me to ask you to describe a personal story because as you were talking, I'm like, man, I got a personal story that will blow your mind and I'm pretty sure that you have a personal story. So how about in like a real short synopsis, how about share a personal story in regards to this to kind of help people understand, you know, this, 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 the difference between conscious marketing and unconscious marketing, and even sometimes how people can be unethical in, in say the culture or the workplace that kind of actually affects product productivity. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, I always love to focus on what we want more of. I think, you know, we've talked about what the opposite end of the spectrum is. And, and for the story, I'd love to share an example of, of a company that I believe is doing it right. And I would hold up the example of Dr. Bronner's, which is a soap company. Sure. And my first experience with Dr. Bronner's was at Burning Man in um, 2016 that I went. And they do this camp there called, at that, that year it was called Reformation. I think last year it was called Transformation. And it was just this amazing synergy of where I saw a brand who was a conscious company that was, you know, practicing sustainability, that is giving back. And they were giving back directly to this community of, of burners who, as you can see in the background, come together and build a city in the desert and need showers <laughs> because there are no showers. And if you want to shower, you have to bring everything in. And so what they do is they provide this almost car wash service where they bring in this big thing and you walk through, everybody takes off all their clothes. You have Dr. Bronner's soap, you walk through, they spray soap all over you. you <laughs> and then they, they rinse you off and you go out there and then you get, you get t you a towel and they give you hair products and all these things. And I'll just tell you, you know, like any reservation you had about being naked in front of a group or any of those, it, for me, it went away that the third day at the burn. <laughs> like ready. I will, I will get naked anywhere just to have a shower, you know? So an example actually of surrender of letting go of any preconceived notions of being part of a group who is so grateful for a shower and to this company for providing their products and they only mention it's it's so it's the only camp that I hear commonly referred to as Dr. Bronner's camp at an or at an event that really does not allow any kind of commercialism and it's not it's it's done because the only mention of Dr. Bronner's is that it's all Dr. Bronner's soap. They just contribute it and they donate it to the community. And so I would hold that up as an example of a brand that took the time to understand the community, looked and saw what that community needed, and then looked at a way that they could contribute to a positive experience for every burning man in a way that is so memorable that I, I, I can't forget the name Dr. Bronner's. And that's the kind of 
marketing I'd really love to see more of this integrated community in person true inexperience kind of marketing okay uh, that's that's fair yeah. to say you know you that, that's this story super excited to hear that well my story is not so much of conscious marketing but unconscious marketing because <laughs> as I've had some unique experiences being a minority, it's, it's like, um, I equate it to being like the fly on the wall where um, you, you experience things and you hear things that if you're not really in that room where you're not really going through that experience, um, you, you, you just can't even conceive it, you know, because as you said, like people, it's hard to imagine, like I've never looked at people as inherently racist because I think it's more of a learned behavior but a culture can feed a, a certain mindset that leans a certain way. So having working in corporate marketing, I've experienced that because, I, because unfortunately, I was always the minority. But one uh, significant one that will never leave my mindset probably ever was um, my, I had a super large client. And they, they brought me as a contractor, but I felt more like an employee in the sense of they required me to work on location. And so I was the only person of color in, in that department. And so they're a very old company. So the actual person who ran uh, the department, um, probably, I would say probably early 60s, mid 60s or something like that. So it, 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 my first uh, understanding of him was, he didn't really know what marketing was. He was just the person who was, you know, hired or empowered by the executives to basically oversee it because he it was overseeing the budget. Right. Um, so we would have these little exchanges that would be interesting to me um, because it was like I was trying to tell him or articulate to him the messaging for the current client you know, or moving forward, and he was so stuck on what he thought um, the, the client was. He literally said, you know, this is no lie. He literally said their clients are, are a 59-year-old white male mm -hmm. and to build all the marketing around that. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, how can you say any, any product, doesn't matter what it is. How can you say any product is for one specific age, one specific group, one specific gender? And he elaborated on it. He would say that, okay, well, you know, we, we did a survey of, of all of our uh, sales, and this is what we came down to. But then I asked him a penetrating question. That's an honest question that we asked in marketing. Like, what is the true buyer persona? If they're 59, where do they work at? What do they do and everything else? But he was, his mindset was probably what was projected to him is what he was focused on. He was not focused on if they worked in a tech sector, if they worked in professional services, he was focused on that. And he spent months repeating it and repeating it. And, and all the advertising was supposed to be geared towards that. So being a person that's always trying to make sure I'm ethical in what I do. I, you know, I put together a report. I, I did all the stats. I did research. I researched competitors, put it all together. I gave it to him. I gave it to, you know, uh, all the executives of the company and everything else. So yeah. <laughs> interesting enough, um, they were kind of responsive of it because I actually showed them data that made them say, okay, maybe it's, you know, beyond that. Yeah. But this was his response to me. So uh, they called themselves a, a company that was built on family. So they had, well, it was all about family culture. So one of the things they did was they celebrated everybody's birthday, even include, including contractors like me. So my birthday was coming up and, you know, I, just so you get the outlayer of this, it's not a big department. I'm the only person of color in the department. Everybody's uh, workspace is decorating. No matter whatever your favorite thing is, is what is decorated. There was, uh, there was a girl there. Her, she's in a baseball. So all the stuff was baseball decorations. And there was a guy there. He's in the Marvel comics, 
and all this stuff was Marvel Comics. And there was a guy who was a TV guy, so he had like bobblehead TV stuff, and every, so everybody's stuff was super, super elaborate. Okay, super elaborate. Mine was caution tape. <laughs> wow. He decorated. Did they provide all the decorations for everyone else, and they and that's what they provided for you? That's what they provided for me. I, I mean, and it wasn't even like like everyone. I, I wish I had pictures. But it was just like everyone. It looked like everyone had like a professional decorator in their workspace. Yeah. They wrapped my the, my chair, my computer, every my whole entire area in caution tape. Wow. You know, it's interesting because, well, first of all, that just boggles my mind. Um, and I'll say that, you know, customer profiling and creating this customer avatar, it's a legitimate marketing practice yep. that has been practiced for decades. And yet, you know, we say with TSA, don't profile people for crimes, yet we're profiling people to buy products. And many times the demographics that we're using are income, race, age, yep. where they live. I mean, we're literally using some of the most non-identifying things about a person to decide whether or not we want to market our products to them. And this ultimately is creating products that are, are essentially like cutting out entire markets of users that potentially they may like want these products, but they make it unachievable. So I have this example actually of Mercedes because, you know, Mercedes is this brand that is considered, you know, the uh -huh. high, high echelon. And I was looking at the Maybach too, because I really like cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to like cars. <laughs> I, I do. I really like cars. And obviously by knowing um, the Maybach, it was the, it's my, I always go for the most expensive model of anything. That's what I always want. So you know, I look at, I look at this conversation of what they the, what they've done in their marketing, and I'll go into details on that later when we get into tips. But ultimately, what they've done is they've made themselves really attainable to the affluent one percenter with the Maybach. And so uh -huh. you see the language they use, you see the um, the branding that they use, and the imagery that they use. And honestly, I just like. I, I'm just shocked that we allow it, <laughs> but that we allow this, this is like information segmentation, this is like, or segregation, this is marketing segregation that's happening that uh -huh. is making products attainable by specific cultures of our, org, of, of our society, and we tolerate, we, toler, we tolerate not only that, we tolerate the brainwashing that goes in that starts at our children's age. We as marketers work uh -huh. market to children to get them to buy things that we know are harmful for them. You know, uh -huh. the indie company and, um, you know, uh, the, just that the fact that we allow marketing to children at all is a little bit much for me. But then to see these YouTube channels where we have kids unboxing merchandise as if this is, you know, how that we're training kids to buy things at such a young, in, in their most, their most formable years, we're allowing yep. everything And then when you start to look at the other end of the spectrum and you look at how we treat our elderly in the, our community and how they're marketed to, almost as if, you know, we really are, I would say, almost dumbing down our society with the marketing that we're deploying. Because not only is it highly racist and highly um, segmented and all of those things that we don't want to say, I'm willing to say that I've seen examples of this time and time again in my career, and I will continue to show examples when I see them. But it, it also, you know, we write to a fifth grade reading level because we want to make sure that everyone can read it, but not questioning why has that fifth grade reading level not risen in one of the richest countries in America? Why are we still writing to a fifth grade reading level? And as marketers, I just say, can we raise the bar a little bit? Because we set the tone for what the 
reading level, the acceptable reading level is in our country. And we've been writing to a fifth grade reading level since I was 18 years old. That's 20 years. And if not, well before that. So rather than continuing to lower the bar in marketing, which then also allows us to lower the bar in education, how about we start using articulation in our marketing rather than flowery, meaningless words that don't say anything? Let's use words that actually mean something and encourage people to use a broader spectrum of language rather than emotion to communicate what they want. Sounds like we have a lot of challenges in our marketing. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you have some thoughts on uh, what is the challenge to our marketing community and how perhaps we can uh, leave our mark. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, Todd, our purpose of coming together isn't to just call out the marketing industry as if sure, it's no, some no. Evil. No. You know, our purpose coming together is to share our love with our fellow colleagues who I know at their heart and at their core want to leave a positive trace with their marketing efforts in whatever way they can. And I also recognize that within their organizations, there are obstacles for them to overcome in getting approvals and budget approvals and things like that for campaigns that maybe don't generate as positive of an ROI, but leave a positive trace or that they truly believe is important. And so my challenge to the marketing community personally is to take a stand for ethics at a minimum. You know, at a minimum, ensure that your marketing materials are honest and have integrity and do not misrepresent your product in order to get a sale from a customer who either does not need it or cannot afford it. And then I would say that I hope that we together can evolve to consciousness where we are the message. We set this standard. We approve this marketing messaging. We approve these commercials and we can be the change we wish to see within our own marketing materials. And so I'd love for our community to just evolve ourselves and humanity as a whole into a heart-open community that truly can see the humans on the other side of this message. And then I do have some tips that we can um, go over as well, but that, I mean, that is the challenge is to hold ourselves to a higher standard and to open the door for conversations where there's question where we know that we can, if we have to enforce our legal rights to not be fired for calling out things that are unethical and banding together as a community to no, no longer tolerate this within the companies we work within, but standing together for those who need support in companies where they may not um, be getting hurt, being listened to or heard. Well, before you, before you get into your tips, because I, I know they're going to be awesome tips, I just have a little sidebar to, to add to that. Because I feel as though um, we are kind of being timid in terms of humanity because of technology versus using technology as a way to be connected. We've become more disconnected, you know, in terms of, of our integrity instead of you know more connected because of our integrity so essentially I, I think how we leave our mark is just because we have the tools and the resources where we can just essentially do what we're told to do um we should actually do better do more you know dig deeper and not just leave everything on the surface and i've always kind of felt that we're like the, the tools are, are the resource but humanity it is the reward and so we should reward humanity and dignity so we have relationships that are not one-way relationships but two-way relationships because we have two-way technology that gives us two-way communication. Yeah, absolutely. Using technology to truly build community where you can create sacred conversation and sacred spaces for conversations that may be taboo topics or um, any kind of community conversation that is inspiring and informative and educational and adds value to the human experience. You know, this is, this is where marketing 
will have to go because uh -huh. the truth of it is is that we don't pay attention to advertising guys it, it, I don't watch your ads I skip them the first chance you get you give me and two uh -huh. I've turned off mainstream music I've turned off mainstream TV uh -huh. I only chat with people that I truly know and have honor like that I meet at events that are not brand heavy so in order to continue to be a part of this life of consciousness that's expanding of spirituality that's expanding of the people who are standing in their truth and saying wait a second guys we haven't we haven't evolved as humanity since i've been on this planet and yep. there and we need to have a conversation about why we aren't having beyond the surface level conversations and so as this evolution continues to expand as we move as it moves into early majority which there's no question that that's where we are in the evolution of consciousness and, and humanity brands are going to either they're going to make this move themselves or they will be forced to because as a consumer I no longer will spend my money with you if you're not a conscious organization who I believe is leaving a positive mark on humanity both as a Gen Xer there are boomers who are taking this stance, but more importantly, the entire generation of millennials who wants and feels uh, inspired to help humanity and help this planet will require it. And I believe the last estimate of buying and purchasing power of that group was $3 trillion. So it, it's no longer an option. Companies need to start going within and doing that, that personal organization as an individual or it's gonna, you know, who knows? I'm not gonna make projections on what'll happen. But, um, I know that there's a whole group of people who are not gonna wanna buy their products and services anymore. We've been asking ourselves some big questions at the Conscious Marketing Institute. What if the world's greatest marketers came together with one mission, to inspire humanity, to embrace its full potential? What if we gave them $50,000 to execute the most inspirational advertising campaign the planet has ever seen? What if we are the superheroes the world needs? The Conscious Marketing Mastermind is a prototype to find out. As conscious co-creators, we will create a campaign to inspire humanity to step into our full potential and execute it with a team of the best marketers on the planet. If you're the kind of superhero who wants to be a part of something big and you have $25,000 to invest in inspiring humanity, go to ConsciousMarketingInstitute.com and click on Mastermind to learn more. The final group for 2018 will be selected on December 31st, so get your application in soon. What if your voice was the key to assist you in your conscious awakening? It is. The Conscious Marketing Podcast is proud to be partnered with Clearly Conscious to bring you advanced sound healing technology. Here's how it works. Go to clearlyconscious.ca forward slash conscious marketing podcast to submit your voice sample for analysis. The Clearly Conscious team analyzes your voice and sends you your own personal soul tone designed to harmonize and balance your energy. Just play this tone anytime or anywhere to immediately feel balanced. And that's not all. Because sound healing works at the quantum level, it helps to open your heart to unlock your true center of consciousness. If you're into effortless and you're into conscious expansion, there's no time like the present to check out clearlyconscious.ca forward slash conscious marketing podcast. As a special bonus, you'll also receive a personalized reading from a clearly conscious coach for just $50 Canadian. That's a 33% discount for conscious marketers. You are the superhero the world is looking for. Get harmonized and let's go change the world. Okay, all right. Well, well let's let's get into your tips because I know we're we're getting close on time. 
So let's get into your tips. What are your three tips uh, to gut check the consciousness within marketing projects this week? Yeah, so let's talk about what you can do right now this week. One, speak plainly. Remove flowery, meaningless language and any kind of fake branding. The example that I'll give is the Mercedes Maybach. I'll, I'll give you a link to this in the, um, in the notes. They call it an, a, an AMG speed shift, manually interactive automatic transmission. That means it's a regular transmission, but they've created this brand name for it that is total it's just it's just marketing language it's absolutely meaningless so remove those kind of things remove flowery language that at its core says nothing speak plainly but use language that in, in, encourages your audience to open their spectrum of language as well remove undocumented claims you know the mercedes when i clicked in to find out what their features were or i'm sorry on the first page of the mercedes um, maybach it was it said unmatched comfort prove that Prove it. Uh, unmatched to what? You know, uh, as remove these, remove these undocumented claims that, quite frankly, are misleading. And as consumers, we should be smart enough to read through. And then yep. the third is to raise the bar and give back. Go beyond fifth grade English. That you know, as we said, this is dumbing society down. Let's raise the bar on our conversation and let's start to actually make a difference on educating and teach reading instead of finding instead of trying to dumb this down and find a way that your brand can make a tangible difference in at least one of the communities that it serves you know i use language as an example where we all can raise the bar and and we all have budgets that we are able to give back look for ways that you can teach reading and if that's not your thing pick something that truly matters to your community and and make it tangible in the physical world you know we talk about this online we do so much online and try to to act like it has the same impact as offline and i'll just offer this online communities are a beautiful way for people to come together when distance is an issue but coming together in person it, it opens the, your energy fields touch. It opens yep. something that simply cannot be achieved online. And so just remember, online is a beautiful bridge to creating offline opportunities. I, I totally agree. And that is because I will definitely be able to come see you soon because what I've realized in relationships is the reward of the relationships is when you actually are in person around that person experiencing them collecting their energy you giving them energy and that's how we and, and that's why i said we, we should always want to aspire to be connected instead of aspiring to be disconnected so these are such powerful tips and i really believe that you know you're making a difference because it all starts with one person's recognition but then it goes beyond that and becomes action so these are things that i think people will, we'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll feel blessed because someone uh, of your stature and someone of your grace, you know, is honest. And, that, and these are hard conversations that sometimes we're not willing to have, but we have to be willing to have because if we're not willing to have, then everybody can go in their corner and existence will become extinct because we won't have that energy that we have. We, we have so much energy as a collective together. We just have to continue to raise that bar like you said and just elevate ourselves you know above what's on the surface because it's easy to just live towards the surface it's just like it's easy to get out of bed and just go to work and work a nine to five and put your head down collect your paycheck and work your weekend it's so much harder to have the courage to actually say something when something is not consistent with humanity and with your own core values to be honest yes. And, you know, and, and even in this example of, you know, Mercedes, again, you know, the people who are on the other side of this are humans. This is not, you know, an attempt to shame the marketers who are part of this. This is a, an no. opportunity of, you know, of love to say, like, I get it. This is celebrated marketing. This is considered first class marketing by first class marketing teams that are putting this together. And I love all of you. And I see something you don't see. It's all I'm suggesting. And it's not because you don't have the ability to see it. It's simply uh -huh. the lens has not been offered to corporate America 
in the past because we were so focused on return on investment. And I, and I was part of that. So I, I get the return on investment game. And my wish is that as we have this conversation, we can not only increase the profitability of our marketing campaigns and, and ultimately the success of these marketing teams, but by coming together and making a decision that as a collective, we will hold ourselves to a higher standard to leave a positive trace on the people who are on the other end of these marketing materials that we wish as a collective that when you experience our marketing you feel better after experiencing it than when you started that that is our measure of success because making money is one piece of this equation making someone's day is priceless so together as marketers i challenge us all to make someone's day today with our marketing that we're going to end on that note because that that is awesome and that's exactly how it should be and i want to thank you for you know taking time out and we're we're not going away people just so you understand this is something that we're committed to and something be, we're committed to it because we're committed to you and that's the most important thing is we're we're determined and we're destined to help others to understand how to be a better conscious marker this is the conscious marketing podcast this is todd and nicole and we are saying thank you positive energy people and have a wonderful week thank you and todd i just before we end i just want to say thank you honestly because i wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for you and you really you you really helped me reconcile my feelings towards marketing and towards corporate America. And I'm just really grateful for that because I truly wouldn't be back in the marketing conversation if you and I hadn't met and you had really inspired me that this was a conversation that we could have together and supporting me in that. So thank you, brother. I am so honored to work with you. All right. Until next week, people, thank you and have a, have a great day. Thank you for joining the Conscious Marketing Podcast. We hope you found your inner superhero and have what you need to raise the bar for consciousness in the industry. If you like what you heard, please take the time to leave us a rating and review. Tell us what really works for you and what would make the show even better. Every review helps another conscious marketer find their way here. Want to have next week's episode automatically queued up for your Monday commute? Remember to subscribe before you leave. We thank you for your support. Please go to ConsciousMarketingPodcast.com for show notes, links, and other awesome resources. It is our honor to serve you. Now, let's go change the world.